1: Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that. man. You're right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold sets so. up. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7, and we will try to come as strong as the Longhorns did their last time on the field. Hanging a 70-burger on the Red Raiders, seventy 35. We'll talk about the Texas win over Texas Tech and get you ready for Texas and TCU, the newest version of the Purple Kryptonite <laughs> to the Longhorns. We'll get into all of that here on the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz before I bring in the rest of the team. However you're listening to this podcast, wherever you're listening, thank you so much for being a part of this week's presentation. You can hear this 7 o'clock each and every Tuesday night on the Horn or Wherever you get your podcast, Tuesday afternoon, it will be available. Just search Horns 24-7, click that follow button, and leave us a five-star review if you'd be so kind. Numbers are awesome, outstanding participation uh, by the listening audience. So thank you all so much for supporting Longhorn Blitz and all the Horns 24-7 podcasts. Uh, It's going to be a banner year for us at uh, Horns 24-7 on the podcast front. And without you guys listening and supporting the show, that would not be possible. So thank you so much. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? Not too shabby. And the third member of our team, not to be confused with one Snoop Daniel, as he was last week on a remote Ron, right, how often has that happened? Just first time for everything. <laughs> everybody confuses you with just first whoever whoever the black guy is on the air. <laughs> you have, you've been called Ahmad Brooks before. Did anybody ever confuse you with Sean Adams? No, no, like with Sean Adams. Very I know different. you and Ahmad got that a lot.
2: Brooks got that a lot. DBs, yeah, it happens a little bit. Yeah.
1: So he is not Snoop Daniel, but he is the third member of our team, our Lockdown Corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree Whenever that T-ring comes in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Appreciate it. Gentlemen, we went over this podcast last week and talked about how there were areas of this game that concerned us that Texas Tech had a chance to go in and win this ball game. And those chances seemed like they were eliminated after the first Texas series. Texas Tech never stopped Texas in this game. Of the 11 possessions the Longhorns had, the only times they did not score was early in the second half, after they had built the 42-14 halftime lead, where Casey Thompson threw an interception, and then at the very end of the game with a failed fourth down conversion, which Steve Sarkeesian was just trying to bleed clock at that point. But, Rod, this was... Everything we talked about that Arkansas did to Texas, Texas did to Texas Tech. Texas won the battle along both lines of scrimmage, and it wasn't even close. It was a – they stomped a mud hole in them. It was a slaughter at the line of scrimmage. Uh, And we talk about – I've talked about, anyway, the need for Texas to have a diverse run game. Mm -hmm. They were just running simple wide zone or that stretch play and a little bit of inside zone, and they ran it so well and so effectively – Sark never really needed to find anything else in the run game because Tech couldn't stop it. It was it was as dominant a performance up front in the trenches as I've seen from Texas in a long time.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a Old Testament-style butt-whipping uh, that they put on Texas Tech. I think the best stat that pretty much sums up how the offense is clicking is that for the first time in school history, Texas hasn't punted in back-to-back games, which is Wild. even Sark said for him that's – he said that's out of the norm. Like, that's an outlier. He's a guy that's got a really good track record offensively. And he said that, yeah, that's pretty strange to not have to punt in back-to-back games. So the offense was clicking tech, looked terrible. Let's just be honest. Yeah. I mean, that, I don't know what the missed tackle count was, but they were easily in the low 20s. Uh, and I don't know what the hell pro football focus has, but just the eye test tell you, that was that was low 20s. They were they were worse than Texas was against Arkansas in missing tackles.
1: So You, you, re- it, you ready for this number, Rod? I don't think I've ever he, seen a number this high.
2: What, what they say? 27. 27. Yeah. I want to say easily. Say sometimes pro football focus can, you know, I don't. that number's a little off to me. That makes sense. That I'm glad you backed that right up, Matt, because I'm
1: like, my screen's got to be wrong. There's no. no way that number's right. Yeah. But no. It's-
2: that makes sense to me. Um, and it give, give Texas some credit. I mean, a lot of forced missed tackles by Texas and the running backs. Uh, and at least now I think there is. You know, we have confirmation of some things now with this team. And yes, I understand it's Rice and Tech. I get it. We just acknowledged how terrible tech is on defense and tackling, and we know how bad Rice was as well. But at least you get confirmation of Casey Thompson is the guy. right? Casey Thompson is the catalyst. He is the magic elixir that makes it all flow. I know Bijan Robinson is the best player. I get that. He is the, you know, he's the category five force within this offense. But there's no doubt about it in terms of how everything how everything works efficiently and effectively and how it clicks, all those different moving parts that Sark likes, the motion, um, all the little details, the mm-hmm. shifts, um, you know, the play-action pass, the, the manipulation of the mesh point, RPOs, all that stuff, it fits better. It's, it fits. It's more compatible with Casey Thompson as the starting quarterback. At least now you know that. If you look at QBR, uh, Casey Thompson has the highest – QBR in the country yep, right number now. One. <laughs> number one. Way ahead know, of everybody. Know. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him as the fourth highest uh, graded quarterback in week four. By the way, Henry Columbia, Texas Tech was number three. But we'll get into that later. But he is the guy. And it's you know, I, and I think Sark even recognized it too. Sark is, I think, growing real time as a coach. He recognized last week. You know what? He is a gamer. The guys just, the practices don't really add up in my overall evaluation because when he gets in the games either performs at the same level or a higher level. Uh, his preparation, he acknowledged this week, his preparation sets him apart. All right, that's his his X-Man ability, maybe his ability to prepare, that he dives into the game plan, he's ensconced in it, he's enveloped in the game plan totally, uh, watches – Two, you know, two extra, three extra hours of film a day, uh, whatever it takes. He's so, in my opinion, dialed into the details. And even Sark admitted that you know that's a big part of it. He keeps all the other players dialed into the details. You know why the shift matters, why the motion matters, why are we going tempo here, uh, why are we targeting this guy, why does this play going to set up the next play, why are we using this play to counter this play, all those different things. He said Casey basically is is breaking that. down down on a rudimentary level for everybody else because I think he is so ahead of the game mentally because of his preparation. And even Sarkis admitted, yeah, that's what sets him apart. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at all quarterbacks and I try to think, you know, what's their X-man ability? What's the thing they do that sets them apart, that makes them better than everybody else? And for Casey, it may be his football acumen and his preparation. Um, and I feel that too because for me as a football player, that was part of my X man ability. I didn't have a lot of things that set me apart, but I knew I could put in more preparation and prepare and be, and be better prepared for the moment and for my opponent than, the, than everybody else. That's how I kept a Nathan Vasher and a Michael Huff and a Cedric Griffin from taking my job. Mm-hmm. All right. That was the only How, how else could I do it? Yeah. <laughs> you think I did it because I was more skilled than those guys. I was a, oh, a better overall athlete than Michael Huff or a Cedric Griffin shorter. or Nathan Vasher. Hell no. But nobody was going to be better prepared than me. Nobody. That's the one thing I could control. Yep. Go back to come home control the controllables. I control that. And I will put, I will stay up late. I don't need to sleep. All right, I'll sleep four or five hours, but I'll watch eight more hours of film than you. I will be better prepared than everybody else there about my alignment and my assignment and my job, their tendencies, their weaknesses, their strengths. I will be prepared. I, I, I do it prepared now the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think Casey has that. He has that. And a lot of guys, they can't do it. They can't focus for that. Long. They can't crystallize. They focus for four hours of watching film and watching the same play 18 times. Everybody can't do it. No. Some people enjoy Some it. Some people they, they do. Right now, they say that uh, us as a you know just as a human race, we have the attention span of a goldfish, <laughs> right? about nine to ten seconds. And you're talking, about, you're talking about zeroing in and crystallizing the focus on a play for, so you watch it 21 times so I, I can mean, figure out exactly what that tendency is or what that little tail may be. Everybody can't do it. He can't. And I think now you're starting to see that you know play out on the field. And
0: in uh, the offseason, what we talked about when this quarterback battle was happening was like sort of you know you would hope that you could see something. If Casey wins the job, that he would be your Colt McCoy to the Jevin Snead, And it sort of played mm-hmm. out that way where you had, than maybe the more athletic or the guy with the skills that were a little bit better, but the guy that outworked, outpracticed, and understood everything. And remember, if you watch back at the 05 documentary, a lot of those times in the background, it's Colt McCoy just staring and learning and absorbing in that backup quarterback role and that type of guy that he was behind Vince and that team. And when you learn good habits from a guy like Sam Ellinger and learn these type of things, that you can have that process. And now it's played out that it really does feel that he is that just it would be your – stereotype in him living up to every single one of just the old senior quarterback or the veteran quarterback that's going to get his shot Mm -hmm. and he's been waiting to do it and he's the type of guy that it seems that you know you do have a guy that's playing a little bit the way Colt McCoy played whenever he took it over and out of nowhere he was able to go and really exceed a lot of national expectations just because he was a guy that didn't necessarily have the skill set that popped
1: on the front end to get you that job early. I think it's even more rudimentary than that with, with Casey Thompson's preparation. Uh, I'll, I'll credit my colleague Chip Brown at Horns Twenty Four Seven for mentioning this in the offseason in terms of trying to figure out okay who wins the job, who can who can who benefits more, and, and you know how how are they going to handle it. I remember back in the spring, Chip bringing up, "Look, if Casey Thompson wins this job, he's in grad school. Yeah, so he's got an infinite amount of time, much more time on his hands." than a redshirt freshman Joe who's Burrow still playing. taking a full. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow playing.
2: Everybody said Joe Burrow. That was Wilson a big reason why he won the Heisman it was because he, he's already graduated. So that's, that's what Russell Wilson did his senior year. He's, he's in NFL. He, by, by the way, now this is, he's on NFL time, right? Yeah. He's studying film and preparing almost like a pro because he doesn't have to worry about the academic side. Yeah. But what
1: you brought that's up, Rod, I, I think there's there, there's something to that, and I think people need to understand that. Mm-hmm. When we talk about watching film. There's a right way to watch film and there's a wrong way to watch film. Like, you can sit in the film room for eight hours and not learn anything. Not do it. Yeah. But to your point, waste your damn time. Yeah. But to your point, (laughs) I remember, I'll never forget this. I remember watching the football. One of my favorite things the NFL Network does is the football life documentaries. Mm -hmm. Love those. I remember watching one on the 95 Cleveland Browns. That was the year the Browns got – they were moving to Baltimore, and it was chaos. But basically I loved it because it talked about the lead-up to that 95 season and Bill Belichick – like there's a lot of people in Cleveland thinking, look, what Bill Belichick did with the Patriots, he was getting ready to do in Cleveland. Yeah. And how he built that organization. I remember Phil Savage who – was later GM for the Browns, that's a senior, and was, was senior bowl director, director of the Senior Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and mm-hmm. Phil Savage was like an intern coach for Bill Belichick in Cleveland. And Belichick's teaching him how to watch film. And Phil Savage remembers it's early in the week, so he's got – Rod, you know how it is for NFL intern mm-hmm. coaches. That's all you do is watch that's film. That's all you do. And Phil Savage remembers watching this one play, and it was a formation, and he's talking about you know splits and alignment and keys, and he's like, we're going 25 minutes on one play. <laughs> yeah. And Phil Savage says, he's like, I'm thinking, I'm never going to sleep ever again. <laughs> yeah. I think like, it's 25 exactly. minutes on one play. Exactly right. Yeah, and I mean, that's
2: 70 of them. And that's what the NFL does, right? They, they have these guys who sit in film rooms. For hours on end looking for tendencies and weaknesses. That's why once the film is out on you, mm-hmm. all the rookie quarterbacks, go watch them. They have success initially mm-hmm. and then it starts to, you know, that's why Tom Brady having success for 20 years in the NFL is unbelievable. Right? <laughs> his because, film watching. Yeah, because everybody knows his strengths and weaknesses and yet he still can, can perform at a really, really high level. Uh, this yeah. brings a whole new appreciation for it. But you know for Casey because remember uh, to Chip, Chip Brown's credit because he, he did really good work in the offseason too. Remember him saying that Casey... D- doesn't prefer to go out with the players. You know, like, yeah, I'm sure he socializes, yeah. but he prefers to stay in. Kind of, you know, watching film to me, and that's fun. H- him hanging out with Bijan and watching film is fun. I remember Roy Williams was like that. Mm-hmm. Roy Williams didn't have his first drink till he got to the league. Mm-hmm. Roy Williams loved to stay in with Sims. He, 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 no, we were always trying to Eating go cereal. out. He's trying to get Sims to stay in and play Madden while they put the playbook on the game and run those plays, simulate, and stay in and just talk ball. Dog no. ball, you know, draw up routes, that kind of stuff, Rothschild film. That was his, his idea of a really good time on the yeah. you know <laughs> on the weekend. We're like, Dude, we like that, <laughs> we're going out. We going out for a the But that his obsession, I mean he was just a football junkie. Casey's a football junkie. Yeah. Remember B. John Robinson said on that sixty or you know, two yard touchdown run they had against Rice? He said, man, Casey Thompson told me before the play I was going to score. Why? Because <laughs> he had seen that defense that they ran 87 times watching film, and he had seen the play that they were going to run have success, but not with a Bijan Robinson-type player. And he said, dude, you're about to score. You ready? Mm-hmm. You're about to score. Watch this. He told him yep. before the play. Yep. Yep. He didn't do that because he was just black Stradamus. He did it because he had been watching the film, and he knew the tendencies, and he knew the weaknesses, and he knew their strengths, and he went, this is the perfect play call. We're gonna pop it. Some coaches know that in the booth, they they have NFL films and they go, "Oh, we're about to pop it. We're about to pop it. This is the perfect play call." And it happens probably four or five times a game where you got perfect play call for the perfect defense. They they don't know it's coming. We're gonna we're gonna pop it, and that's what Casey knew because Casey knows the offense really well. And Sark understands now that, hey man, if you would have been stubborn about keeping Hudson Card in there. You know, we don't know where the offense will be right now. But like I said, choosing a quarterback is like choosing a significant other. The woman you marry is not the hottest woman you ever dated with the biggest arm and the quickest release. No, it's about compatibility. The woman you marry, she's got to like watching Seinfeld like you. She's got to like eating the same things as you, watching the same TV shows. You got to like to have sex the same way. That's really what it's all about. Like Chris Rock said, mm-hmm. hey, relationships are just having sex, watching TV and watching movies and eating together. If you don't like doing them three things together, you don't need to be together because that's it. <laughs> All right. So for, for Sark, the compatibility with Casey, because he can scramble and extend the players and he's a decisive runner, his leadership, too. The team needed his leadership. Yeah. They were void of it. Yeah. They were starving for a it young for team. They didn't have any of it. Casey came out, leadership. Initially, they need that as a young team. Yep. So, all the things that the team was lacking, it seems like Casey was able to provide.
1: Yeah, what put to that point, what put the Arkansas game in perspective for me was B. John Robinson afterward talking about just the environment. And again, that team wasn't ready for what they walked into in Fayetteville. But it was B. John Robinson talking about Hudson Card. And B. John talking about he was kind of taken aback by everything. And he's like, I had to kind of check myself and tell Hudson to calm down. And I'm like, with and I look, I think Hudson is gonna be a really good quarterback. Yeah, uh, he's talented. I, I think he's gonna be damn good before he's done on the Forty Acres. But that kind of environment, I mean, that's not what you need from your quarterback at that point. Where you're, where you red, regist- where your sophomore running back is having to tell your quarterback, "Dude, calm down. It's gonna be all right."
2: You need to be a calming presence for everybody else. Exactly, mm-hmm. and you need to be that 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 confidence that. Borderline arrogance, I call it. They call it swagger. Where you have confidence to spare. That's what you know. Colt McCoy had. Vince Young had. We talking in their Case own McCoy way.
1: irrational confidence? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, Case McCoy might be the irrational confidence. Yeah, but you look at your quarterback and you go, "It's going to be good. we good. Yeah, we good. We got we got this. oh we got this. You got to at my, least have that. You got to at least fake it. You <laughs> got to know how to fake <laughs> yes, it if you ain't exactly. really got it. You got to know how. to... Hey, Tebow that can fake it. Tebow fakes it very well. Yes. In, in, the, in the NFL, everybody said, "Man, Tebow would make you believe." And hey, you know what? He did make plays, yes. but. You know he could Ka- play at Ka- that Ka- level. Cavill's but he a, qu- yeah, a quarterback False enthusiasm. You got to carry yourself with it, and I and I think Hudson Cart is going to be a good quarterback. But leadership, you got to be vocal. If you ain't vocal, you better be a baller. You'll <laughs> be a baller and lead by example. If you ain't a baller, lead by example. You got to be out there. Sorry, dog, it's like it's like being a politician. You got to go out there and hug the babies. Mm-hmm. You got to go out there and kiss the babies. You got to go out there and shake the hands. You got to. You're a politician. Sorry, I know you want to be like man. I, I got a quiet leadership. No, it don't work for you. You're A politician, baby. Sorry, you running for office at that position. You're going to have to learn how to go out there and just fake it. Not, yep. to,
1: not to go <laughs> too far back in the Wayback Machine, but I feel like we're having the same conversations then with, we had about a guy like David Ash. Like, you need to embrace, you need to understand what it means to be the guy at this place. Yep. And likewise, on the other hand, you had Gerard Hurd, who Gerard Hurd had swagger and confidence and inspired guys and made guys believe at just some point you're just not making plays or you're hurt or whatever the case exactly. is. And that's that's why I, You need both. I, that's why I feel like Rod Texas fans, some of them, there's there's a there's a portion of this fan base that didn't appreciate Sam Ellinger. And I'm like you oh, you boy. had a guy that understood that got it. Yeah. Understood what it meant to be the quarterback at this place and understood what a that meant to be the, to be the face yeah. of this franchise. Agreed. Like he got it. And I think in a lot of ways man Casey Thompson gets it but When we talk about this offense Rod you know, Matt, I don't know – I'm trying to pull it up right now. The run game numbers, I was showing probably of their design runs, I think they for the backs, I think it was 39 mm. zone plays to seven, yep. I think, gap, gap yeah. power schemes. I mean, they ran wide zone. They ran stretch and couldn't just gutted it. Tech with the Tech, couldn't stop it. And that's, to me – it's hard to take away from a guy that you know was the Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Week and Walter Camp National <laughs> Offensive Player of the Week and counted for six touchdowns. As good as Casey Thompson was, and he was damn good. Damn good. Right? I think the story is how good that offensive line was because Tech or not, I didn't expect them this year to roll anybody. Just rolling guys off the ball and look like a really good. We talked about how long it takes to become a really good zone blocking offensive line. Mm-hmm. It takes time. It takes it takes reps. It takes. It, it's a very cumbersome process. But credit that offensive line, man. They look really good. It looks so good to the point where yeah, Denzel Okafor got called for a holding penalty early in that game. And your initial reaction was like, "Oh, Denzel Okafor held again." And I watched the replay. It wasn't a hold. Mm. He just mauled the dude so bad. He got called for a hold, and I did not expect that performance from the offensive line to be that just straight-up dominant.
2: Yeah. No, I agree with you. It was—you got to give him credit. Obviously, we understand the competition, Rice and Tech, Uh, but I agree with you. I think they're more technically uh, proficient. I think they're more fundamentally sound, Uh, and even Sark brought this up. They seem to be. I get it. It's Rice, and it is Texas Tech. It ain't Arkansas. <laughs> they seem to be playing with a little bit more nastiness. Mm-hmm. Right. There seems to be a more nasty uh, kind of uh, abrasive, aggravated tone about the offensive line. Now we'll see against TCU, and later on, as they go, you know, into Big Twelve play against Oklahoma, if they can keep up that same type of energy, because it's easy to have that energy versus Rice and versus Tech. Against Arkansas, didn't have that energy. Right, yeah, All right? So let's be honest about that energy. Trust me. I remember those games against teams where I, I had a – man, the, trust me, the, my trash talk went up a level when I played against, <laughs> against Baylor Dwayne, back in the day in Kansas. T- <laughs> <laughs> right, he was out there like, Dia, I'm dancing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, trust me. Against you know against other teams, you know, I, yeah, I trash talk a little bit, but, you know, I made no, sure I did it so with a so more just moderate just tone. Watch
0: <laughs> after you do a pick sink against <laughs> Oklahoma, you don't celebrate at
2: all. You no, put a kneel and I, just walk I, through the <laughs> Yeah. I thank the Lord because I was so like, So, basically what you saying is the next – Mexico win the game. The New
1: Mexico State yeah. trash talk is a little bit different <laughs> right. than when you're lining up from Reggie Williams in the <laughs> right, Holiday Bowl.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: There you go. Uh, so so I get Can that. I just mention that real quick? So That game came on a lot this offseason in the 2001 Holiday Bowl. I don't know why. why? I, don't, I don't know. Strange. Man, people forget how good that Washington team was. Man, they were tall. Time. Yeah, I don't like Jeremy Stephens, like six, 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 eight, seven, <laughs> seven and Reggie were, Williams, was like six four, six dude, five. They were so
2: tall. They had, just had tall guys all around that team. And oh, I remember New
1: the Pacific Northwest got them from Sasquatches.
2: Yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> taught them uh, how, how to
2: run go rounds. I remember that dude. That was uh, that was that was actually a tough game too. That was a good game. Mm, mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but I digress. No, no, no. Thank you for bringing it up. I appreciate that. That's actually. That uh, was
1: the first round pick, by the I way.
2: I would say, yeah, I, you know, takes a pride. I don't, I don't know how we did against them that day, but yeah, I digress. <laughs> um, but no, I do think that they are they are better. The offensive line is better. We don't know how much better just yet. Yeah. And honestly, the truth is. I don't know if we're going to get a true <laughs> test of that versus TCU. I'll tell man, you, we won't. Because TCU is horrible. This ain't, cho- ain't cho- no, your TCU from four or five years ago. Texas is putting up
0: 50 this week. Can I say like, this I'm in, in respect
2: Matt? Look at Matt. What I say, to right I, Matt, do- Matt usually doesn't make. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a bold, bold proclamation. Sir. Was-
2: Matt doesn't usually Mild do that. Matt, and
1: Matt over there just landing them down, down on the table. That's prognostication. Let me say this in respect to TCU giving up. Matt, what'd they give up? 350 on, 350, yep, 350.
0: 350. Actually, 350 on the ground. Yep, 350. And actually, when you look at their yards Ooh. for us, it was 6.7. And I looked at the zone to gap scheme, it was 36 zone to 14 gap schemes. So they, they were not able to defend SMU's zone scheme running game. Mm. And against Cal, I mean, you're talking about. The two D1 teams, big time teams, they played it's 6.7 yards per rush, which would put them at 127, right there ahead of Rice. But if you count their first game of the year, uh, 6.1 yards per rush for TCU, and then if you look at their yards per pass attempt on the season, 10.1, like Tanner Mordecai, the backup for Oklahoma that Texas saw, you know, and he lit them up. Yeah, just they cow
2: they kept throwing. Dude, they were throwing deep on the corners. And for Chase
0: TCU. Garbers. He's not even a good court. <laughs> like literally, no, they were
2: throwing a deep on. I watched that whole
0: game and I was shocked. This that is the Matt
1: Butler hot take edition. Oh no. man, I can't He's believe right. I put my money on it this week right, And I bought
0: the TCU's or SMU's backup running back. Some guy named Siggers I had never heard of ran Trey for 110 Siggers. yards against them. When you what look, did
1: SMU had three 300 yard rushers in this game or two, uh,
0: two. You had Ulysses Bentley yeah. broke yeah. ten yes. tackles. There were 20 missed tackles from TCU. See, that's crazy. Man. Yeah, from TCU. A
1: Gary Patterson defense with 20 missed tackles. To put that in perspective, I, I, in Something reference happened. to the Texas Tech 27 missed tackles, I went back and I just thought of a game off the top of my head where Texas missed a lot of tackles, like under Todd Orlando. Oh, and I thought 2019 I thought... Oklahoma would probably be a good yeah. Oklahoma was uh, in that. To where CD Lamb basically yes. did whatever he wanted that mm-hmm. day. Texas missed 24 tackles in that game. Mm-hmm. So that game uh, kind of epitomizes a bad missed tackle game. So you had Tech with 27. But you, on were, going, you were going up against better C. talent. C. Yeah, C. Lamb. first round
2: picks. And say, <laughs> going yeah, because Bijan yeah. <laughs> had 10
0: this past week on 18 attempts. So far this year, Bijan 36 missed tackles forced. On his yeah. 70 rushes, more than, yeah, less than every other run. And then when you look at Bentley, Bentley had 20 carries, 10 missed tackles forced. You know, you look at that, you let the SMU back do that to you. So you're looking at that. Now you have the best well, backfield in the Big 12. Texas is averaging 7.2 wow. yards per rush this year. I was going to
1: yeah. say, in respect to TCU, SMU does legitimately have one of the better offensive lines in the country. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a
2: good offense line. But if better than, is it better than Texas offense line? Yeah. Yeah it, <laughs> yeah, it is. And I like the yeah, TCU <laughs>
0: offense. Dugan and Evans, those guys are going to score so much the way that, like, in the second half you had Tech scoring, so it made Texas continue to score. That's why I think Texas will get to 50 because we'll also give up 30.
1: Man, the Big 12 is just so bizarre right now because when you look at Oklahoma's struggles – uh, K State without Skylar Thompson and gosh, even Will Howard got hurt in the Oklahoma State game. It so didn't really, mm-hmm. you're down to You're down to your number three quarterback. It's nobody's winning unless your number three quarterback is Cardell Jones and you got first rounders all around him and all mm-hmm. pros all around him. You're probably not winning with your number three quarterback there in college know. football. Uh, You know Oklahoma State Spencer Sanders isn't turning the ball over. He didn't last week. He he, he, last week is probably one of the
2: outlier games for him. But I will say if he can start to stack performances like that, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State scared because the defense. I think Oklahoma State actually is for real. They can win with their their skill position guys were hurt earlier in the year. That's mm-hmm. what Oklahoma State got. told me, he said they just started to get healthy at the skill yeah. position, the wide receiver position. So they may be. They haven't know, had continued. a game where
0: everyone's
1: healthy. Exactly. Somebody, in be, somebody in this league was going to be. Somebody in this league was going to be sticking I mean, West, West Virginia had multiple opportunities to win that Oklahoma game. Which, Bob, would you watch that game, Rod? Yeah, I got to watch that game on Saturday. I'll tell you what, that was about for this for the reputation that the Big Twelve gets. Oh, it's a soft league. People, it's just naturally people don't watch this league as much as they probably should. Man, the collisions in that game—that was about as violent and physical a game as you'll see in any league. Yep. at Oklahoma, West Virginia—they got after it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's I loved crazy. it. Oklahoma fans calling for Spencer Rattler Spencer to be bench. Rattler got the Gear Gilbert treatment in his yeah. own house. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they, but yeah. I say that to say this, man, guys. I'm not saying Texas is going to win this league or they're the favorite to win, but this league looks as wide open as it has in a long time. It is. It's wide open. I mean,
2: Baylor looks better than people thought Baylor's going to look. Um, Terrell Bernard got hurt this week. That did. Drastically yeah. affect their defense, though. Oh, negative absolutely. He's the best player on their defense. Yeah.
1: I think he's. I thought last year he was the best defensive player in the conference. Argument? You can make that argument? In a year where yeah. you had Mike Rose and Joseph O'Side. Totally agree. Really good defenders in this league last year. I thought he was the best defensive player in the yeah, conference. Yeah, but I agree you. The league is up for grabs. It's up for grabs. Anybody yeah. can win it this year. I didn't think it would it's be, totally. but it is. Yeah. And, you know, guys, the way – the way you, you, know, you know, I would say it gets better every year. Yeah. We know mm-hmm. that. They mm-hmm. suck mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. They get better every year. Uh, what's your thoughts? On, real quick, we'll just go conference tangent real quick. Uh, Rod, what are your thoughts on pump fake Purdy, man? Because it's not – yeah, it's really it really over. is. I've heard you and Kevin talk about this, and the more I look at it, the more I'm in line with you guys. By the way, Rod and Kevin Dunn on RBKD three to seven on the horn. Shut up. Uh, each and every weekday, it's looking like Brock Purdy that part of his freshman year where he came in and saved their season. That's looking like the outlier. It is for who Brock Purdy is. Brock Purdy's body of work suggests he's just a guy. Yep. I hate that too because I no. was a Brock Purdy fan. You I was too. That. But
2: I agree. I think. If you start looking at his body of work now, the entire sample size, uh, it's actually more bad Brock Purdy like than Iowa State won last Purdy year. Purdy,
1: <laughs> they won last year in spite of him.
2: Yeah, and this year I think they were banking on him kind of you know progressing. And last year was just an outlier that he was really really bad last year and had a bad year. But the truth is he's been just as bad this year, if not worse. I watch some decisions he makes, and he just he can't That's fit. That's the main the, thing. His decision making is bad, but he can't fit the ball in tight windows. And so the the blueprint is, well, just kind of bump the receivers from Iowa State, make life tough on them, and they can't stretch the field. And they can't.
0: Yeah, he's digressing, and it seemed like the more that he's had on his plate, it's just like the hesitation in the pocket and just yeah. different things that it seems like too much, almost overwhelming for him at times. It's not good. But,
1: you know, we were wondering kinda, Hall. we were wondering who the surprise team in the league was going to be. TCU, clearly, the Horn Frogs have their issues defensively. I I still can't get over that. A Gary Patterson defense with 20 missed tackles in a game, that's – I know. Some, well, somebody it, somebody got berated in that film session. This yeah, week, right? but that's on Gary Patterson. Somebody got well, emasculated. Well,
0: and yes. on top of it, Jeff, I looked back and it was they were bad at tackling last year because mm-hmm. I started to look and I was like, well, this run defense because even though those yards per carry rates are down in the bottom ten in the nation, you're like PFF grades them out at 79th against the run, but last year they were eighty second, even worse. Jeez. Yeah, this year horrible tackling, hundred twenty fourth on. Tackling last year, though, they are 87th. They were one of the worst teams in the nation tackling last season. The thing was is last season they were like the sixth best team in coverage. This year they're 103rd to Rod's point that how Cal was attacking them and they were, they've they been playing without their corner Noah Daniels. And Kerry Coleman, I know that Patterson was asked about it last week and he's like, if I did know, I wouldn't even tell you. So I would assume that that means we won't know this week yeah. even if they are going to return to the team. Yeah. yeah, We don't
2: know about that. That's a good point.
1: So it, it's uh, – the league is there for the taking. Yeah, and is, granted, man. look, Texas Tech is is not who I thought they were based on what I saw through the first three games. Mm. And, and even though we said we don't really know who the they are, but they, they, look, they look improved, but they we were, won't really know. They still could be improved. They could be.
2: Yeah. But, man. That
1: defense is – though, it's, it's bad. bad. Yeah, The <laughs> defense it's, is
2: not good. <laughs> no. I
1: tell you what, they do they're, they're The one guy on that field that I like And they was, did not have Tosh Brooks who was the best They didn't have Tosh made. Brooks uh, But honestly, it the, way, the way Texas Whipped him up front, I don't think it, Just like it people say, you know, hey, if Casey Thompson Starts the Arkansas game, does Texas win? It's closer, but I don't think they win as I said bad that, as Texas yeah. Was up front. They're more
2: competitive, but no they still think think they Got shoved that. around still Yeah,
1: yep. um the one guy like on that tech defense, not because he he was the only guy that was kind of willing to make plays at one point was Taylor Demerson at safety. Yeah, you know he had to PBU denied Xavier Worthy mm-hmm. a touchdown. He caught the pick in the end zone. Yeah, seemed I agree like with that. to be the only guy in on the back end willing to stick his face in there and at least try to make a tackle. You're right, Uh but like. Like, the Xavier Worthy 62-yard touchdown run, I I was watching it from the press box, and I, I'm i sure tech people heard me, but I was like, I was like man, that is sad. Yeah. <laughs> that was just a sad— <laughs> No, that was a defense he catches that had given the, up. He catches yeah. the ball in the middle of the field, and there are, like, four white jerseys around him, and mm. he just pinballs off of everybody. And it's like—it was like watching—honestly, it's like watching Jamal Williams or Taysom Hill in Provo. At yeah. thirteen, or C D Lamb versus Texas. Yeah, guys. it's it like, was one dude, of the moments. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> come on. Like, yeah. And, and it's
2: like Worthy listen, he's doing great. He's awesome. Twelve receptions, 188 yards the last two weeks. But he's like hundred and sixty five pounds, guys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you should you should go in there with reckless
1: abandon. He's yes. <laughs> not like Megatrons yes. out there, you know?
2: Hundred percent. Right, so but I'm with you. I but I, but I'll say that Texas did a really good job of you know run, they're running through contact now yeah. uh, and absorbing contact, running backs and the wide receivers too. So I'll give those
1: guys credit. Xavier Worthy plays. He plays bigger than 162 pounds. Same way Devonta Smith yeah. did. Yeah, great point. Yeah, I agree with that too. Uh, yeah, not to, throw get, get out it out a to him where he does
0: the ball is thrown to him where he catches it in stride and doesn't have to break that speed, if he can keep his max speed going, it's going to be really hard to tackle him unless you get a clean he, hit on him. There
2: are some things that he just has naturally. He's mm-hmm. a, he's naturally a gifted route runner. Some guys have to learn how to run routes, and maybe he's been working on that, you know, in his spare time in, in high school. I doubt it that he's working on it that much. Um, I think he's just kind of one of those guys who kind of understands naturally the leverage, mm-hmm. setting cornerbacks up, and want to get their hips turned, the angles right. Uh, I think he understands that stuff. And you know, he's already talked about how he sat down with Casey Thompson, right, for that back shoulder fade against Rice and said that, you know, they had scouted that DB and they understood the way those guys like to play uh, in the red zone. They want to be on the upfield shoulder, so the back shoulder's going to be wide open, blah, blah, blah. So he, he's already into the the, the uh, intellectual side of the game, too. He's just got, I mean, he's just naturally got everything it takes to be a really gifted wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to teach him a lot. And Sergeant Pitt oh, pretty much said that, too.
1: You know, we talk about the 62 yard touchdown. The play that I love was the three yard touchdown that he caught with his release, in the in the in around right around the goal line. I mean mm-hmm. that's
2: yeah that's. You what know, he called? the back of the end zone? What's yeah, it? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was nice. That, I the, saw the that.
1: footwork. Uh that's yeah. the kind of stuff like you watch Amari Cooper do that or yeah. Michael Crabtree. Mm-hmm.
2: It's that be able to set up a DB and stack them in that short window. I mean, mean, you're right there on the goal line. You don't have a lot of time and a lot of space to set him up, and he set him up pretty well with Mm -hmm. probably, what, 12, 15 yards to work with, something like that? Something like that, yeah. It was a
1: pretty compressed area. Uh, But no, Xavier Worthy was good, and (laughs) I feel like we're this far into the show. We haven't even talked about B. John Robinson yet. We have a little bit, but, (laughs) man, it's... (laughs) I said this before the season. uh, I did the Sports Sunday on CBS Austin, and Bob Ballou asked me kind of who is B. John Robinson's is the best Texas offensive player since, and I didn't think I, I didn't answer the question directly, but I said, you know, he he's in that. To me, he's in he was already in that that Jordan Shipley towards the end of his career, uh, Cedric Benson category where you pretty much know what you're going to get from him. Week in and week out I don't It's just to. a matter of How's he gonna do
2: it That's a great point mm-hmm. I'm re- I, Like you're You're surprised now When you don't get That's why we take it for granted We're already taking it for granted
1: Yeah, we're, you're, yeah su- He had 100 yards so. You're surprised Right the end <laughs> you, of
2: last year we were Yeah the surprise <laughs> would be If he doesn't get You know 150 plus You know All total yards together He is I, I do believe it and I, I think he's the best running back in college football. And I yes. know at least you can have the conversation as a Longhorn fan and you not be dismissed or scoffed at. He is that good. And I think with Sark and Sark's ability to funnel usage in creative ways to different players, we've seen that with Xavier Worthy, mm-hmm. of course we've seen it with Bijan, it might be the magic combination that he needs to put him in a Heisman conversation considering so far all the Heisman front runners to start the season and he had the best odds for a non-quarterback to start the season, at least during the preseason, they haven't. Nobody's really, you know, took off yet. Nobody has really made us had a statement performance uh, for their Heisman campaign. I know Bryce Young's playing well. Bryce Young's uh, probably Matt be your right Matt now. Carell's probably right there in the conversation, but. I don't know if it, it's not going to be Sark's like, he's not going to be his priority to give him the ball for the Heisman. That's not going right. to happen. His priority is winning the Big 12, which it should be. Uh, but I think they're going to need Bijan more down the stretch because of his game-changing ability. So he's going to have a chance, especially the next two weeks, to be on that big stage, Texas OU, uh, where he can make those Heisman-esque plays.
1: I'm ready to make my Bijan comp. Um, so ever since he was recruited, everybody's like, Who's he remind you of, Who's he remind you of? Yeah, people like, always oh, ask that. He's I see I see a little bit of Cedric Benson in him because of the footwork. And then there's just uh, there's a, mm. a few guys along the way he reminds me of. But, Rod, I'm going to go ahead and say it, and I don't care if five years from now people listen back to this and call me an idiot, but my favorite football player of all time was Emmett Smith. Hmm. And the more I watch B. John Robinson, granted, yes, I do understand hmm. that my favorite player of all time has rushed for more yards than anybody in the history of the National Football League. The more I watch B. John Robinson, the more I see Emmitt Smith. Wow a
0: modernized version where mm. like he's because Emmett didn't catch the ball like I don't know if you had didn't use, use him, him that to, way but
1: there were times when they yeah. needed him to no I remember that he was one of the better receiving backs in the league and
0: I if you just add the explosive because I don't think Emmett had the
2: explosivity
0: no, that Bijan does no I agree with that, early, agree in his that. His
1: cr- early in his career he did I, true I, but yeah, yeah,
0: Emmitt like, didn't
2: separate from guys like Bijan I think Bijan's
0: going to go into the league and immediately be one of the best running backs in the NFL like that's how good he is per touch like he's going Look at him and the, what he's gonna do. Like that dude's gonna be one of the outliers that you see a freak like Zeke get drafted high for and stuff. Like Bijan in a modern offense, like I could see a team like Shanahan or Reed or one of them like being the one not afraid to pick him in the first half of the t- first that. round because he's a wide receiver and a running back and he can take on the blows. Like yeah, he's a six foot two twenty five freak. It's crazy. He, I
2: I love your comparison, Jeff, because I think Matt makes a good point about the separation the explosivity. And but I think you're right as a receiving threat, images wasn't used enough. And if they mm-hmm. would have used, they didn't need them. I mean, he yep. just dominated. Uh, but his ability to absorb contact while also using it to adjust his balance, yeah. mm-hmm. it is it is such a strange, like intuitive thing. Like you, you definitely cannot teach that. Right. But he absorbs contact and will use it. And Sark talked about it too. In a way where he uses it to balance himself, so he'll set himself up. See the defender coming from his right side, like LeBron, and almost yeah, and almost to adjust to the to 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 absorb the force to adjust to it. He will you know like lean into it, Uh but with the expectation that it's gonna propel me once I hit it, boom, it's gonna propel me back the other way, and I'll shift my balance. And he almost comes, he almost ends up running straight, like right up. It's weird. LeBron
0: does that in the lane, like certain players are able to do that. Dissipating and he the falls contact forward at all times. It's his balance is what makes him unique. Nobody Ooh. has the balance of Bijan. Bijan, yeah,
2: Bijan's balance is freaky, man. That yeah. is probably what his X man ability is. Like I haven't seen a running back with balance like that.
0: No, I've never seen a running back like Bijan. That's how unique he is. He's Trust crazy. me, like
2: in my football soul,
0: I, I would never
1: make that And Imb had that. Imb had,
2: like had some of that. Imb well, would just bounce like a ping mm-hmm. pong ball. Boop, boop, boop.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, he just had to bounce yeah. around. Barry Sanders, he did, like, yeah. uh, he's know, like a six-foot-tall Cowboys fan. like, oh, he ran behind the best offensive line ever. That's true. Go pull up some Emmett Smith highlights and go watch him. Go just go watch him in the open field, like you said, Rod. It's just that that weird way how you can absorb contact and like almost use it to your advantage to to reposition yourself. Uh, his, but he can also juke the, you the or ability, run around. To, him. It, it's that it's that unique balance of being able to make guys miss in space and being able to operate in space comfortably and make plays out there, but yet. Playing the game in a phone booth, you're comfortable, you know, being an inside zone runner. Yeah. And even to your point about kind of where you can see it and how just guys see things differently. It's almost like in NASCAR. I remember like people used to talk about Dale Earnhardt, like he could see the draft. Like, you know, guys, mm-hmm. some guys can feel like he could see it coming. It's just it's just that freaky sixth sense that some guys oh, yeah. have. Uh I asked Bijan about, you know, this offensive line that we talked about last week. They become competent running the stretch play. Yep. they become competent running that. And I, I asked about it. He's like, he said, I love it. He said, because you can get a feel for the flow of the defense. It's like whether you need to just follow your guys or whether you can, if, if they're if they're pursuing the right way and you can kind of stick it up in there and find a gap. He's like, or if they're over pursuing, it's like you can feel it and hit a cutback. He's like, I love running the stretch play. And all oh, yeah. That. And I'm like, for a young running back to, to be able to to enjoy something cerebrally the way he does, it's just it's it's freaking man. Texas fans, are watching something special, and mm-hmm. you're only gonna get it the rest of this year, and next season, because you ain't gonna get it for full years. So no, whenever you see number five, enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it while you got
2: it. No, it's uh, interesting. It reminds me of that you know when Mike Shanahan came up with his you know famous Shanahan you know zone blocking scheme, and of course the outside zone is a big big part of that. Um, it was originally when his time with the Raiders. 'Cause he had, you know, Marcus Allen and O J uh, Simpson. Bo Jackson. I don't want to say OJ Simpson. <laughs> Bo Jackson. And he, he just basically he said, I don't wanna I don't wanna pigeonhole those guys into you need you? to run through this hole. You need to, yeah. you know, we're going to have you running through this gap. We're going to have you running this place. Like, those guys are so gifted. I'd rather give them a range. Mm-hmm. He said, that's what the outside zone basically it gave great running backs a range of choices and options. Was Ricky, and they were was const- Ricky's favorite player. Yeah, and they were constantly moving and evolving. And a defense, you really, I mean, you can pick a hole, but you may pick wrong. All right? Yeah. So I think that's, and that Bijan is perfect for that play. It's why? Because a gifted running back like him, not saying he's, you no, know, Marcus Allen or Bo Jackson, but gifted running backs, you wanna give them options. Because mm-hmm. they're gonna make a better choice than you as a coach will go, Well we're gonna run the little uh, run a little bat, we're gonna run a gap power scheme here uh, through the A gap, or we're gonna run through the B gap, run this like no, don't don't pigeonhole them. Those yeah. guys are so gifted; they'll be able to make space because they can interpret the play better than you can call the concept.
0: Yeah, and if when you said Ricky right there, Jeff, it reminded me of something that when Rod was talking about his ability to t- take contact and be able to fall forward, like, have really with the, watch Bijan's legs; like he has the quickest feet, and what you, you always heard about Ricky's jackhammer feet and mm-hmm. his ability to keep him going, yeah. and Bijan. His feet are so fast that when he's – normally players are stumbling and falling, his feet are able to catch up like a cartoon faster than his body and keep him up, and he's able to get more yards. And I just think he's just – it's like the same thing. Some people have an innate ability with eye-hand coordination. Yeah. It's like his feet and his coordination, it's just tied together. Yeah, that's, and
1: you, that's mostly where he yeah. reminds me of Emmitt Smith. His Bijan's mm. feet never stop. Mr. Gillen, I like when, that. when he's
0: falling, like when every other human falls, his feet are so quick that he's able to keep them going and keep his balance. Like,
1: like when when I think about great running backs, like Barry Sanders is one of those guys. You can't compare anybody to Barry Sanders because no. there was there wasn't one before him. Hadn't been one since. Nope. Like you got. Barry Sanders is the running backs What Brett Favre is the quarterbacks Like you watch Barry Sanders highlights And you're like okay That's everything you coach a running back Not to do Yeah exactly Is what Mm -hmm. he does Yeah totally agree You
2: know Yeah no I totally agree with that He breaks all He breaks all the football logic Or at least defies it Yeah Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And so that But that So Barry Sanders like Is a bad example Because like his feet would stop Constantly And he could change directions Just God just made some guys. Nobody set up defenders
2: like, Gary, like no, Barry Sanders. Nobody no. set up defenders better than he. Did. No.
1: no. Um, as a matter of fact, I saw I was watching a Barry Sanders highlight the other day, and I saw this. Is, it pains me to watch it, but they're playing the Cowboys in the 91 oh, a ninety-one divisional game. Run. It's late in the game, and he kind of. He kind of gets balled up and squirts out, and mm-hmm. literally runs behind Tony Casillas, who was standing there looking around. Looking around yeah. Can't find Barry Sanders, and Barry <laughs> Sanders is running <laughs> right, behind him it's like a forty-yard touchdown. Say, yeah, and like on the same ball. play, Ken Norton Jr. gets turned around. I'm like, that's two guys that were like Super Bowl defenders, like yeah. Ken Norton Jr. and Tony Casillas. Damn good players. And they look like It looked like They're like Texas Tech defenders Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. What the,
0: uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> There's so many of those runs By Barry wild. Sanders He does it to a Patriots guy the I remember same thing that The Patriots
2: safety <laughs> got him turned around
1: Harlan oh, Barnett man. He I just knew how to play that Their back What's his name? Harlan Barnett Good The only reason job. I remember That guy's name Because well you, you were the guy That back Barry Sanders same. Made you leave your jock On the field
2: But don't feel bad Because he did it to other Pro bowlers and all pros See him do it to John Lynch and Steve Atwater The Hall of Famers Ain't no shame against juke by Barry Sanders That's where
0: Barry Sanders His footwork though Like he would set up The defenders And know that his hips Are already turned So he would be so quick To go to that other side It was amazing Maybe that's more vision But maybe that's the part That reminded me With Bijan Bijan's vision Because he
2: also He does have great vision vision. He does I just
1: man He's got it all You're watching something special
2: You're watching something special I don't know if you can win The Heisman as a running back These days I know it's been done recently But if anybody could do it, Sark mm. can do it because Sark will funnel usage to running backs. He's obsessed with running backs and he's got a good one. A great and one. people will be like, ah, oh, but he lost Arkansas game. He's like, the
0: people don't remember that Ricky Williams. K State. K State. The, the
2: original Purple Kryptonite, yes, the beginning yes, of it. Yes, yes. That was the start of the Purple Kryptonite. <laughs> and now, of course, it's TCU.
1: You would have to. I'm trying to look. I'm, I'm just looking at uh, Derrick Henry's numbers. Yeah, he had to get to 2000. Right? Yeah, Derrick Henry like got to twenty two nineteen. Yeah, for you got yeah. to break two
2: thousand even for me to be in the conversation. I don't he think he's going to do it shot. this year because Sark's not concerned with that this year. But next year, it, I could see it happening. But because you're so deep at running back, I don't know if it's going to happen either. Yeah, because you're so deep at running and back you and you throw he, to him and you throw to him. It's about touches. So I don't. I don't know. I mean, Christian McCaffrey. I guess you can look at his numbers in mm-hmm. terms of uses, but I don't know if he's ever going to. I don't know if we're ever going to make John's that. not
0: going to get that workload. B. more numbers. Yeah, priority for that.
2: Yeah,
1: Derrick Henry had over 2,200 yards for a yeah. national championship team.
0: That's so, how you do it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, right. let's talk about defenders, and let's talk about the Texas defense. Let's talk about the good before we talk about the bad. Okay. Uh, the good was this defensive line. It's the best game they played all year. And as excited as I was about the offensive line, I think I came out of the game at least – Initially uh, initially watching it from the press box, I was more impressed with the offensive line. When I went back and rewatched the game and made notes, I think I was more impressed with the defensive line because they did what I felt they needed to do going into the game. We talked about Tyler Shuck, the best way to affect him, and even though you only saw Shuck for about, what, a quarter and a half Um mm-hmm. uh, the best way to affect him would be get you got to get pressure organically. You've got to get it with your front four, your front three. Yeah. You've got to generate pressure that way and make plays. And they did. And, mm-hmm. again, it was guys that the plays they made were just so spectacular. Like, take the Moro Ojomo play to end Tech's first drive. Yeah. That defied every rule you're taught as a defensive lineman defending a screen pass. <laughs> because as a defensive lineman, when, to do, to properly defend a screen, you're taught, man, if that quarterback keeps dropping back, dropping back, and you realize he's dropping back too far, you yep. got to realize at some point something's up. Plant your foot in the ground, get back get the back. other way because it's a screen pass. Yep. But, Rod, he got there so fast, there was no need to do it. He was right on top just go, of Tyler Shuck. Yeah, go make the, the damn play, play then. Go be a football player. Exactly. Go be a
2: robot. Be a football exactly. player now. You're
1: there. So, that, the Alfred Collins, everybody looks at the sack, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about the ghost. No, front, the Taco though. I got you. When he, he shot the to TFL, out, nobody touched him. When he
2: shot the put him. a hand on him. It. But it's because he was low, and he had BGO. And he's such a mm-hmm. tall, gargantuan, mammoth presence out there. I think he dominated forever, just, you know, with probably bad technique. Yeah. All right. I didn't watch a lot of high school film of him, but I'm sure a lot of people just couldn't handle that guy on the front. And when you get to college, it's like, no, you got pad level matters. You got to get low. Your center of gravity's got to be right, and you got to have BGO. And maybe now he's starting to learn like the BGO, and I got to stay low. The combination that can be tough for guys, because a lot of guys like to th- pop up mm-hmm. yeah. when they when they come out of their three point stance. No, 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 pop, pop up, drive, yeah, drive out. Don't pop up. And I think for him, because he's so big, maybe it took him a while. But when he gets it, and, and maybe the lights going off, that
0: could be scary. And that's the thing that he's not the body type there. He may actually have the opponents looking. him, not thinking he can be that quick until, like, he gets off the line like that, and it's like, oh,
2: wow, I haven't seen anybody do that. Yeah no I, I hope man he they gotta they gotta start playing him more and if he starts playing at a high level that defensive front I man, love
0: that amoeba front though that we saw and it had a couple yeah. goofy looks
2: I he, mean I call it, from what I've heard, from what my experience we used to call it a vertical stack but I, I've never seen them stack three they yeah. always will stack two and mm-hmm. the point is the same point right it's basically like a, a game a twist or a stunt I
1: called it the uh, I called it the, the Greg the Greg Robinson spinner package on steroids you remember he ran the spinner package of Jackson Jeffcoat where he would stack he him, him by the nose a vertical or stack, stack him behind the three exactly and, and then he would go either way you're basically giving your best pass rusher a two-way go yep well, exactly at that right. point you're yeah.
0: basically cutting off the wasted half second that it takes to run a stunt or anything instead of having to the guys all to the go way across, from separate across. situations yeah. you're a half yeah. a second ahead it confuses the opponent but then you're already halfway there and you're a second ahead of where you would be if yeah. you were going to be stunning
2: yeah
1: No, I love this. It's great. And let's be real; like most of your most of your stunts right now, like you've got you've got those stunts. But the two most common stunts, the the twist you'll see, D lineman play out front. They've got different names, but this is how I know them. Mm-hmm. You've got basically a tech stunt or an X stunt. The tech stunt is you'll see the tackle like attack the outside shoulder, of the offensive tackle, and the end will loop around right. inside and hit the B-gat. Uh, or that's the opposite where you'll see the X stunt where the end is going to crash down, attack the inside shoulder of the guard, and you'll see the tackle loop around. Yeah. If you've got an athletic three technique, that's how you can free them up. But, Rod, most of your stunts now feels like, unless it's some kind of run blitz, most of your traditional stunts, you're only doing those – Either in long yardage situations or yeah. in surefire passing downs, because if the, if it's a situation where the playbook's open and the balls coming to, to Matt's point, the balls coming out too fast, you're you're never going to get there.
2: Yeah, no, I'm with you, and I think uh, you know the, the the other way that you affect Texas would be a delayed rusher. With a twist or a stunt So it's a delayed one yeah. You want to force the offensive line To have to communicate on the fly And have to adjust on the fly mm-hmm. That's something Texas hasn't done really well Tech tried some twists and stunts But they were just getting they manhandled and, yeah. and it didn't matter They didn't have the situation Like, like Sark says You got to earn the right To get a team in third and long Where you can run twists and stunts Otherwise You know they, They're going to dominate tech, the, game and control ran, the game
1: They ran <laughs> yeah. a they were at a tech stunt It was a text on tech fir- on the first drive And the end is looping around and man, Junior Angulo just—I mean—he just destroyed that poor end. Yeah, that tried to cross his face. Yeah, and and as a Texas man, that's the kind of stuff that made you proud. Like, not only did they recognize it and pick it up, but man, he finished the play, and just buried the dude. Yeah, just destroyed him. No, they did so, that a lot. But Mr. going Tech. back to the Texas defense, I—I I, I feel like this is going to be the tip of the iceberg for Pete Kwiatkowski. You know, the, yes, you call it radar, ghost front, amoeba, whatever label you want to put on it. Uh, and it's not like we haven't seen that attack support. Manny Diaz, we talked about Manny Diaz mm-hmm. running ghost fronts. At, yeah, Todd Orlando did it. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember Vance Bedford doing it a ton. No, no, not a lot. Well, in fourteen, they didn't need to because and Chris Malcolm Ash Brown, didn't do it a so ton either. Good. No, but again, you had Osai, mm-hmm. right? third down kid. Go do what you do. Exactly. You got one of those guys. But that's kind of stuff because, Rod, we talked about it. Like Pete Wikowski doesn't have. I think of all the first year Texas defensive coordinators uh Kwiatkowski has got the least favorable personnel for an for an like in an, an immediate big time turnaround. And it's not like you're even having that big of a tournament. I Chris Ash, they were the top 30 35ish defense last year. No. It would have been Richard ideal to have defense.
2: last year's group. Yeah. Honestly, right? Because you had see, you had safeties that were veteran players. Kate you had Joseph, Stein, Joseph yeah. that would have been the ideal year to really have it. Um, and I mean, even uh, uh, his, 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 the, the Juwan Mitchell mm-hmm. you had him there too, right? It was kind of a veteran, but player. like
1: Todd Orlando had a bunch of NFL guys that are yep. still making no, the advance bad for did. I agree with you. Yeah,
2: I think you're right about that.
1: So, but so I think from that standpoint, Pete Kukowski is going to have to get creative mm-hmm. and and do some different things to freak guys up. But going back to Alfred Collins. I think that's the one guy you've got up front who can be a difference maker, who can just wreck a game plan. You need to accelerate his
2: development, coach.
1: You I need to do. You need
2: to do it now because you need. You like you said, you need a war daddy up front. If you don't have one. You got a good players. Mm-hmm. You got a good player, but he's the only one with the potential to be a war daddy. And know?
0: these are the games that you need a guy like that starting yeah. now going forward. Yeah. So you get by against Tech, but once you get the TCU, yeah. OU, and all those teams.
2: Yeah. let's yeah. so just expedite it. I think they are,
1: though, actually. It seems like they are.
0: It
2: seems oh, like yeah. early Snap-wise, on in the season they weren't, but. He had two snaps in game one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It seems like they're like, all right, let's get him going. They, and I, I they, agree.
1: They tried to light a fire under him, moving him to that, that jack position. I saw, yeah. And, and, and now and, he's back at D tackle. He's probably. back inside. It really exactly. didn't work, but. Man, you know, he, he can play he can play multiple positions well, up front. You he, need to be moving him around. Yeah, he, there isn't a,
0: a position when you're lining up in that stack. He's yeah. a little
1: bit different, but Bo Davis had a guy like this at Alabama, got Texas recruited. A guy like Aishon Robinson. A oh, guy yeah. that you tell him, like, look, mm-hmm. son, you're six five, you're three hundred pounds, and you're a hell of an athlete. Like, if you do what we're telling you to do, you're going to one day make a lot of money doing this. Yeah. You're going to play in the National Football League. Exactly. Just trust what we're telling you to do. And go do it. And I think Alfred Collins is maybe still in that process of kind of trusting what the staff is asking him to do. But man, hopefully, hopefully the Texas Tech game is the first step in like you said, Rod accelerating that development. Yeah, he plays like a like a baby great Dane right
2: now. He's <laughs> just big, you know, he kind of I don't think he's totally you know, I think once the technique and the fundamentals come together, then you'll start to see him really be a force. But he's just making plays out there right, right now, I think, which is his raw ability. Like the play he made in the bowl game that time when well, against <laughs> Tech, <laughs> it was it me, the first pick.
0: time that he had lined up at three different spots on go. the D line. He played outside the tackle, mm-hmm. over the tackle and B gap. So he'd only played in uh, B gap and over the tackle, the last two games he played outside the first two games. So this is the first time you've lined them up at three spots on the line. It fun, uh, I they?
1: thought, you know, I thought the linebackers were good. Uh, it, it didn't really notice them that much on for you know the first watch from the press box, but on the rewatch, it seemed like it, this is a linebacker group. To your point, Rod, if, if you can get some disruption up front. They're gonna be much better playing in space, playing yep. off the ball where they can go track it, and they both track it different ways. For Luke Brockemeyer, he's instinctive. If he diagnoses it, he can get there. Demarvin Overshown, it's just speed. Yeah, it's speed and athleticism. Yeah,
2: I don't know if he's even diagnosing very quickly, but there. He makes a V line for it. Yo, I think it's a really good point too about Brockemeyer. That's why I think he gets in on so many great passing plays uh, and got the the pick here. I mean, he's really, really. He, he and not only that, even Sark said this. He believes his preparation in film study. Mm-hmm. So if he sees it, a lot of guys don't believe it. They're like, oh, I saw. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. I was that, so close. Like Casey Thompson. Yeah, exactly. That little hesitation that cost you, but when you see it and believe it, oh, I've seen this before, and you go, that's when you get your pick.
0: Ask Josh Thompson. Guy I wonder being a nerd in the film room yeah. makes sense at that position. Those yeah, are all that, the
2: things that you want. And he's, he's a foot. I mean, let's be honest, he's an old soul. I football mean, football family. Yeah. yeah,
1: that gets us to the bad and okay. the good in the secondary was the Josh Thompson picks. That was a nice one. Yeah, good job. That's Rod. Right. You're just. I mean, that was beautiful. It seemed like he, they set that up because they were playing a lot of off coverage early. They
2: were they were bailing and like, shuffling out, and then he just flat
1: foot reads it. He flat footed the flat He knew reason. that Chuck uh, was going
2: to stay yeah. on a first street. I guess Chuck assumed they bailing because I got because was either trips out there. It was trips. Mm-hmm. So I guess he assumed. Oh, they're definitely not going to be playing tight. It was, it was trips, it was and trips.
1: that's a, that's a tough throw for a quarterback. You're going <laughs> far. Throwing to the number one to outside the numbers, yeah. staring him down the whole way. Yeah, he actually did, and it was a
2: bad. Like he didn't, he didn't have his feet set. He kind of just. Well, we found out suffered
1: a pretty serious collarbone so injury the two, a couple plays before, and whatever it was. Josh even said after the game, he's like, "Look, I know basically, and that said, it's a trip set. When they do that, it's like they they tend to run that hitch." as a comma outside the numbers, and that's he crazy. he read it the whole way. I mean, I guess maybe
2: his arm is that strong, but I'm with you, that seems like a risky throw for yeah. five yards. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's like throw <laughs> at that guy. <laughs>
1: right, no, Just number two or three guy. He didn't Run come off bubble, any reads. The bubble screen or the He's tunnel. Right. Oh, oh, he he yeah, it's typically, typically, now what we see, it is a tunnel. It's a tunnel screen. Yeah. All right, that's crazy. Okay. Uh, okay, I mean, I guess if you got, you know, Chris Sims or Trevor that's Lawrence. That's what I'm saying. You got
2: one of them arms. Tyler Shuck, I guess, has... Maybe he's got that strong of an arm.
1: Well, but it was a it was you know, a good read by Josh Thompson. He didn't on that play. But yeah. Rod, oh man. Um Sark was not happy with the pass defense and he probably should yeah. have been. A lot of balls overheads. Uh you know, I'll almost i almost give Deshaun Jamison a pass. And I notice I said almost oh, I on the ball down the stem down the Texas mm-hmm. sideline where I don't know if he thought if he just didn't know the rule, he thought even by forcing Loke Fungi out of bounds. That it would have Could been be. illegal touching. So maybe he just didn't know the rule, thought the play was over. But it's possible. Sometimes, Rod, you gotta learn lessons the hard way Yeah, in yeah. Still don't give up on the play, though. Even if you your well, guy goes out of bounds, he you still didn't, don't give
2: up on the play. I don't
1: know if he gave up on the play as much as the thought, safety coming over the top drilled him in the chest and took him out of the well, play. Well then that's
2: a bad angle by the safety <laughs> also <laughs> yeah, on just, that play, too. So. Basically
1: the problem in the secondary, and and just like him not being one of my – I don't know if this is one of your pet peeves, Rob, but one of my pet peeves when I see guys in coverage is you're going to play press coverage, why are you going to give a guy clean release? You know what I felt about it. they. I mean, yeah.
2: But I would say that's been a problem on the four acres for – like, oh, eight wow. years. Yeah, yeah, nobody is really tri- – I mean, Houghton Hill is probably the last corner that actually – Houghton Hill and Chris Boyd would try to get their hands on guys.
1: But oh, it's, well, two, two guys, by the way, who were starters in the National Football League.
2: Uh, shout out, yeah, Houghton Hill hooked up with uh, the Cowboys, mm-hmm. the practice watch. So, shout out. He has a, yeah, they, both of those touchdowns given up by Deshaun Jameson were man coverage, and he has inside leverage. And, yeah, I think it's just sloppy technique. He's just he's just getting
1: sloppy. It's just that and simple. It, it's It's – you have to minimize explosive plays. In other words, if, if they're going to throw it 35 yards in the air, make it a 35-yard catch. Yeah. Don't make it a 70-yard touchdown.
2: And that's on the safety there. The Safety's got to be in a better position, especially on the one where he gets the wide receiver gets pushed out on the sideline. I mean, schoolers got to be able to make that play. Yeah. I mean, schooler's got to be able to make that
0: play. Don't, yeah. don't, don't knock the guy out of
1: the game.
2: Yeah, It was the 3-for-3
0: three three allowed for 155, but 77 were yak yards. So, like, if you make that tackle, you're holding them to a lot less.
2: Yeah, and, yeah. the way your defense is playing, hell, you probably hold them either to a field goal or to zero scores because Tech wasn't necessarily moving the mm-hmm. ball that way. Well. Yeah.
1: So you're, yeah, you're already giving up. A, it's already a bad play. Don't make it a god-awful play. Yeah,
2: and I think for Deshaun as a DB, I know this it, it is a cardinal sin of some DBs. You can't you can't make it if you're Deshaun Jameson. You can't be reflecting on the last bad play you made mm-hmm. or the last good play you made and let that affect the current play. And that's what happened to Deshaun Jameson.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, real quick on the B.J. Foster touchdown I had somebody try to tell me on the board Because when I watched it from the press box I was like, oh man, B.J. Foster just rotated over late
2: Nah, Josh it, Thompson has some Because I think they're on cover 3 are they, cause they wrote, I know they rotated late It looks like they're in cover 3 Now maybe their rotation rules change When, you know, maybe they Because I thing, think the the Deshaun Jameson guy, Deshaun Jameson is up top. His mm-hmm. receiver runs like a, an, a, a, an in route or a crossing route. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're supposed to rotate the coverage. He goes to the high safety, and then BJ Foster goes over, basically ends up playing man, and then Josh Thompson keeps that. But if it's cover three, it was a smash concept yeah. on, on that side, uh, on that front side there. So if it's smash concept, as a DB covering the third, if it's, if it's cover three, having watched all 22, Josh Thompson's supposed to let that flat route go.
0: Yeah. Yep. And go Jerry. help
2: out his help out his help out his uh, safety because he's looking he's reading number two and yeah. he wants to sync with number two. If it is cover three, look like cover three to me.
1: Somebody tried to tell me on the site it was a, it was a zone blitz. I'm like it was not a they weren't blitzing. It's just schoolers rotating over late and Foster was rotating and to me yeah initially it just to me initially watching him from the press box it looked like he rotated over and like you said Rod either I don't know what the deal was it just looked like he got over too late. Or did. A, underestimated Miles' price of speed and just just didn't get over. That's him. very
2: true, but as if he, but that, that, that to me says he wasn't in man. Because yeah. if he's in man, you go get that guy. Like yeah. that's your guy. Yeah. Like why, why, why? What you doing?
1: Right. If mm-hmm.
2: it is it's a sloppy uh, pre uh, pre shell look, then so I, I don't think they're in man. I think they were in cover three. But
1: the TV copy was even worse than my. It look was, in the stadium, and I, have,
2: so. I haven't watched all twenty two, so I can't confirm one hundred percent. But it looked to me like they were in cover three, and like I said, in cover three. Cornerback is reading number two. Number two was the guy to end up catching a touchdown pass. So you sink, you sink. You don't, you don't, you don't bite on the smash route. That's that's a cover three beater. They're trying to get you to bite on the smash route, mm-hmm. and they can go up top on your safety. So if you were there to help out, that's why BJ Foster, remember, he's coming, it looks like he's coming over late, but I think he's just trying to stay inside leverage over the top. Because he's like, oh, I Probably. got I got help on the seven route, because my corner's gonna be there if it's way, way deep in that corner, which it was way, way deep in that corner. Right. So I, I I think it was cover 3 and I think BJ Foster was like, "Oh man, my corner wasn't there." Like I, said, he bit and on and the I was just one
1: right. cuz I really wanted to get a good look at it on the TV copy, but there was no, all the angles were just out angles are terrible. I,
2: I was just, but I, if you read the look the linebackers, they're all dropping back in zone coverage. The linebackers mm-hmm. underneath, they're all dropping zone coverage. And, and I think Skula comes down is in, in dropping down like the mm-hmm. hole there. Yeah, mm-hmm. So to me that says cover 3. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. could be wrong. I could be wrong. I don't have the all 22. I don't have the guide's view.
1: Either way, B, <laughs> BJ Foster's had better days than he had on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, he, he's the
2: reason they got that pick, though. Uh, Luke Brockmire pick. That's BJ Foster yeah, coming in and knocking no, the ball loose.
1: Yeah. So, he made a player, too. That's, You know, I know we got to wrap up, but, man, I would almost, if you weren't so deficient at safety right now, which they're not really deep at safety right now. Mm-mm. No. And maybe you can't, and, and, maybe, you know, Pete Wachowski can't do it right now. If I'm an NFL team— i take a flyer on B.J. Foster as a linebacker at the next level. Interesting. Wow. You think he can beef up like that? I mean, I we've got, already seen him do it. I got to go look at what Levante
2: David was when he came out. Yeah, for I, sure. Uh, Nebraska. He right? was, was, was like
0: it? 210, I think.
2: Well, he, he was somewhere around yeah. there. There are a couple. You no, know, you're right. Barton, was it Barron? Uh, remember him? Um, he plays linebacker the for the Rams right now, now, but he was a safety, I believe, yep. with Alabama. Oh, Mark Barron, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, he he kind of did that transition. Oh, yeah. look, Bar- you I know. There's some there's some of those stories. There's actually more more of those if, stories. If I'm an
1: NFL team, that's how I view BJ Foster. I view him as a linebacker. Interesting. I think he's just better if you watch him in run support, fill in the alley, and in tight court, like he's. I think he's really good playing inside the box.
2: And if he's covering tight ends and running he's, backs.
1: I think at this point he's an infinitely better box defender than he is playing over the top.
2: And he's had that instinctively. Even as a freshman, he was yeah. he was really good in the box. Remember, yeah. He was great at blitzing. He had a natural timing for it. You might be on to something there. I don't, man, in the in the new age of football that we live in where you want positionless football, I don't doubt that B.J. Foster could make that transition. Especially now that you've got teams playing sub-packages, they're playing dime now yeah. for their base. The Browns, mm-hmm. Patriots do that a lot.
1: So real quick, a uh, couple seconds left, Rod. What's your biggest worry going into the CCU game?
2: Cornerbacks and Max Duggan's scrambling ability and the cornerbacks on the outside. I am not worried about Gary Patterson's defense and that's the At first all. time I've ever said that in going I'm a, into the I'll matchup. What, I'm gonna be
1: worried in. about it until I see it for myself in person. I I've seen that defense and it I've ain't seen good.
0: it this year. <laughs> it it's wor- I, ain't, <laughs> like, I, ain't, like, I ain't
1: falling for the banana in the tailpipe. So uh, I, just, I know, and maybe there is no banana to put in the tailpipe. Yeah, I would exactly. say Gary Passant is it's a two, different banana. Gary is
2: two and eight, I believe, in his last ten games prior to the Texas game. Yeah, and yet Texas is what two and seven versus TCU. It's in line crazy line. Like the, so yeah, he loses a lot before the Texas game. The week to your before point, and Jeff. after, it's like two and fourteen. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: it, it is, but like when I just went and took Bill Conley's basic metrics in the way that you look at offense and defense, it basically this week's game grades out just like the Tech game last week on paper if you just look at this tcu team weird to say that
1: all right we'll see how it all plays out on saturday at 11 a.m uh in fort worth uh yeah i'm with you rod quarterback run game i want to see how texas Mm -hmm. defends it they didn't defend it all that well against arkansas Mm -mm. and that running back head-to-head matchup enjoy it man b john robinson versus zach evans it's gonna be fun gotta tackle
2: zach evans yeah, I'm more worried about Max Duggan me trying agree. to go over the top, taking easy shots at our corners. Because if, if I am, that's where I go. I start, I start I, taking the, shots at our Their receivers are weak this year, but I agree with you. Do get,
0: the biggest threat. I'm, yeah. with,
1: I'm with you on this, Rod. I'm worried about Max Duggan in the run game. Your corners are going to give up plays. To me, the focus for the corners now is you're going to give up plays. Like I said, don't make a bad play. A god awful play. I agree. Great yeah. point. Tabor, That's where I'm at with these corners. No, you're right about that. And weird, more so Deshaun Jameson than Josh Thompson.
2: I agree, and I did not think that going into the I season. Either. I thought Thompson would be more of the the weak
1: link, and he's he's played better than Deshaun Jameson so far. Well, if, te- if, Texas, if Texas Tech's backup quarterback, attack number five, I have no idea. That's where Max, uh, no doubt that that's where Max Duggan's going to go. Yep. No doubt. All right. We'll see how it all plays out on Saturday. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, anybody. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049 1019 AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can hear Rod B on RBKD each and every weekday from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. You can also catch myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt. Get all of our archives, our classic interviews and shows on the Longhorn Blitz Soundcloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Don't forget to search Horns 24 7 anywhere you get your podcast. Click that follow button to get every episode of Longhorn Blitz, and don't forget to leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howell. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.